This is Magnum CK, and as long as you're listening to Wrestling Cheers, you will be sports entertained. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you are sports entertained. This is Wrestling Cheers, where we like to talk about things going northeast of our independent wrestling scene. We used to preview shows, we used to review shows, but now, until the end, we're just going to have interviews along the way. On this episode, we are interviewing Magnum CK. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your Evolutions Fine Podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose to desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com. Like I said, this is an interview with Magnum CK, and he is back after a, a long hiatus here on the show. We got him back. Magnum, how's it going today? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, I lost you. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry about that. Uh, just cut out for a second. <clears throat> I, I went through my intro and I, w- I was bringing you on. So, Oh, yeah. my bad. Sorry. It cut out. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah. I'll just hop right into it. Uh, this is the first wrestling podcast that I have done in probably three years. I think the last one I did was Marty and Sarah in 2020 when Magnum's Opus first came out. So, uh, you're catching me at the beginning of a, of a run and I'm catching you at the end of a run. And ironically too, uh, we, we just jump right, jump right into this too. Uh, I was supposed to interview you right after that. You did Marty and Sarah. Yeah. That was like pandemic lockdown era. Uh, I think everything on the planet fell through the cracks <laughs> right about that time. Yeah. Um, I have a, I have a strange, listen, I wish there was, had never been a pandemic ever, obviously, but I do have a strange bit of nostalgia for that weird moment of time, I guess, because I was fortunate enough to not, you know, be a necessary in-person, uh, person for a while. Mm -hmm. I was teaching, I was teaching at the time, but like we weren't back yet. So there is a weird little soft spot in my heart for that, that lockdown summer where it just felt like nothing mattered. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that i i kind of enjoyed like not being able to do anything like i like doing things but just being like oh yeah. i can stay home and like maybe we'll do a marathon of like some movies or we'll have like do this or that oh, yeah like it just there was this like cool to be home thing i caught up on everything i read like 40 books like i was like living my best vacation life and then like everything opened back up which again i'm also glad about but the funny thing about it is you know uh, i know i'm not sure exactly what we'll get into but like when i got my official like injury official diagnosis at the end of 2018 Mm -hmm. um it was right around the the harley race show 
uh, God rest his soul, uh, in early 2020 that I was essentially, I mean, as, as cleared as a doctor will clear you. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I, um, cause I made a surprise appearance at AIW after I helped out with one of their tryout days and did like a character and promo workshop for them. Um, I, I had a little surprise cameo, uh, before the show and, um, I was, we were making app, we were talking absolution, like honestly, like we were, like Danhausen was there and we were coming up with, we were pitching all kinds of stuff to, to Thorne and other people. And I had just found out, like, yeah, you avoided surgery. I did, I did physical therapy for forever. Mm-hmm. And um, they were like, listen, you know, like, cause again, no doctor's ever going to be like, yeah, go pro wrestle. But they were like, there's no sign, you know, your fractures are healed and you're, you know, yeah, you're back to normal. Uh, and uh, which was not the initial diagnosis. That's oh, yeah. not what I was told. That was not even possible from what I was originally told. And, um, so if not for the pandemic, I probably would have been back around ABSO in 2020. And then the pandemic happened and then life happened. And then here we are, you know, three years after that. And I'm finally getting my uh, my busy, lazy ass back to work. <laughs> what, I, what I'm hoping with your injury and everything that like now that it's even had even more time to yeah. uh, heal. I mean, obviously you said you got cleared, you know, back in 2020. And even when like when that happened, we were like a lot of us fans were talking like, is is magnum gonna come back or was him just saying like oh like i'm cleared just just saying like hey just for the show yeah Yeah. because that that was also yeah i mean again i've had i had several appointments after that uh just to check in and stuff because i'm a little bit neurotic about health stuff anyway but Mm -hmm. like um yeah dude i mean it was brutal it was absolutely brutal because you know one thing that i don't think people know uh, is you know, I started my, I only had a year run in AIW, which is just like, to, to say that is mind boggling because it feels like such a part of who I am, um, especially as it pertains to wrestling. I was just talking to John today and I was like, man, listen, I'm an AIW guy, like in my yeah. heart, like, as soon, like, I'm just, I just am so excited and I'm just like, just champing at the bit, but like, um, to help in any way that I can and be a part of it. But like, um, I hurt my back the week before I debuted at AIW in my, in the match, I, I, you know, I'd already been a surprise and helped Frankie beat PB smooth. But the week before my match, I was trying out some new spots and stuff the week before AIW at a little local show, just to kind of work out some of the kinks on a few things. So I've never had an AIW match where I was a hundred percent. And of course I didn't know that, you know, I just yeah. thought, Oh, I had a little, oh, I hurt my back a little bit. Oh, I'll be fine. And then just kept getting worse and worse over the course of a year. But I'm excited to finally be at a hundred percent health and just hopping into AIW again. How did that return feel for you? I, I, I'll be honest with you, buddy. I don't, and I'm not saying this to sound like, like a jackass. I don't get nervous about a lot. Uh, anymore. I mean, that doesn't mean that I'm like some special person or like, I don't take anything seriously, but like I get excited. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, that's the same feeling in your brain. So I, I'm usually like when I was doing all my stuff at second city, and even this past weekend, I I did a a big show here and and a a couple comedy shows last week, Uh, one huge one and one very challenging one. Both times I was more excited than I was nervous. I was so nervous, not because I didn't, think I could perform because I've been training for months in Columbus with my, my friend James uh, at his wrestling school. Um, 
And I, I had had a bunch of training matches. I've worked out a lot of bugs and kind of gotten the rust off and got that first bump out of the way, you know, <laughs> and mm-hmm. then, uh, I've been, I, I'm in shape. I'm in some of the best cardio shape of my life. Um, and I was 0% nervous about the performance. I knew the little story we were going to tell with Derek. I knew everything, uh, you know, every spot, but I was so nervous nervous that enough time had gone by that that music would play and I would step out and it would be like, Oh, Oh yeah. Hey, who is that guy? You know, like it would be like a little murmur of like, why is this guy acting like he's a big deal? You know, like <laughs> it's like anytime I debut in a new place, cause I do the same grand, it's not exactly the same all the time, but you know, I do the same big grand entrance everywhere I go. Um, especially if I'm a heel. Yeah. And uh, when I debut at a new place, the first couple shows feel a little weird because they're like, what the fuck's this guy? Like, what's, he, <laughs> what's he doing? Like, why is he walking out here like he literally owns the, all of this? Um, and then after a few shows, you know, I've either endeared myself or pissed them off or whatever. And then I get a reaction. But um, I was so petrified that I would walk out there and it would be a lackluster reaction. Mm-hmm. And I, I will not name who it was uh, just because I'm not in the shit stirring business. But when I was on my first AIW run, I mean, you would have been there for all of it. I've always mm-hmm. been, I've been very fortunate. I've gotten very, I've, I was booked very strongly and I, I do believe I worked very hard mm-hmm. to stick out. But like, I always got great reactions, like, you know, everywhere, every time I came out and I, and part of it was just that pomp and circumstance of taking my time, revealing myself, popping my nose up in the air. Like I'm somebody, I mean, that's most of it, right? I mean, it's 90% of what I am. Um, But there was one person, he's no longer around. I don't even know if he's in the business anymore, but he used to find me backstage and be like, yeah, they didn't pop as hard for you this time, huh? Like, wow, I guess it's, I guess the runs kind of uh, runs over, huh? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what? Like, first of all, why would you ever say that to somebody? And secondly, like, dude, I don't even, I barely know you. Like, thanks, dude. Like, what the hell? So that was, that was in the back of my mind. I was like, if, if this, and I hate to say this, but like, if that had been a dud, if I probably just would have been like, yeah, this is a bad idea. Like, I'm not going to do this, which is a stupid, petty thing, way to think. But I think there was a, probably a part of me that was like, all right. And then so the music hits at Gauntlet and there's no reaction. And I'm like, fuck. Oh, my God. <laughs> every fear of all time is like now every abandonment issue from my parents, <laughs> like every every single like crap everything anyone's ever said to me backstage out of pettiness is just come crashing down and my world is over and then i like snuck my hand with the cape like out the curtain and then the roof blew off and i was like oh they just weren't sure which one of us it was okay yeah. <laughs> and i think too because back in i recorded it in january but i think i posted it in march uh i sat down with frankie and he, oh, gotcha. I know he wanted to be some sort of surprise and I kind of, mm-hmm. I did push to a person or two about getting him on, but I heard that they wanted, uh, that the push was going for Dr. Dan, which I'm like, all right, fine. But when I hear the music, I'm like, I was split <laughs> because I'm like, is it Frankie? But then right. the thing that, cause I, I didn't get to interview, uh, I mean, I didn't get to review gauntlet. There was the fact that you rejoined Twitter that week. 
like a day or two. I know, two and before. I almost fucked it up, man. Yeah, like because and the reason why I can tell you, and it's very selfish mm-hmm. why I did this, and it sucks because Twitter's jacked up, so I didn't get to keep any of my followers or whatever. But like, yeah. um, so I had to kind of start over. But who cares? Um, it's probably going to be dead soon anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but um, honestly, the main reason I did that was I wanted anybody who cared or knew or had pictures or, or responses to be, I wanted to see them. I wanted to be like, cause one of my favorite things, and this is a very petty, selfish little thing. One of my favorite things about wrestling, especially at AIW before was I would leave the building or the after party or whatever. And I would get to like a sheets or something and I'd be waiting on my food and I would pop on Twitter and just get to see all the gifts and the pictures and mm-hmm. like the selfies that people took with me at the table. So I was like, man, this might give it away. I was like, but you know, I just want that to be out there. <laughs> but the way I rationalized it when, when I first saw it, it was like, well, maybe he's just getting back on Twitter. Like yeah. p- people do that all the time so sure i i wasn't a hundred percent sure how things were going then well you you're obviously tuned in more than yeah. most people though you know what i mean like i feel like most people wouldn't even think twice about it and it's i'm also kind of looking for stuff like right that. not on purpose like oh like who's <laughs> gonna be the surprise but uh, it's just kind of how i am just trying to like figure out certain things and like if i get surprised i get uh-huh. surprised if i don't i don't but sometimes like just creating the moment and like yeah that that was one of them because like it goes it kind of does go back to 2020 when you you came out like we thought you were gonna be back that was honestly i can say now i mean that was the plan like that was i mean we hadn't set anything in stone but i was in the ring before the show you know uh and i did the whole tryout with everybody and 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 all that and Danhausen was right there and he was like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do a tag match. He's like, I'll take all the heat, which, you know, because <laughs> we, I didn't, I didn't have the details. I didn't know the full extent to how good I was to go. I just knew that they said that there was no threat anymore. Like there was no fracture, which of course that will heal, but like there was no um stenosis or anything you know there was no like constriction of my spine which was a concern for a while mm-hmm. of like hey that you you might eventually need a fusion surgery which i was like oh my god like no because my uncle has had like 15 back surgeries from wrestling and car accidents and stuff so like i didn't want to go down that road but like no stenosis no you know no lingering side effects i could run i could sprint again i used to do matt riddle gave me a great uh uh sprint like workout interval workout that I do still to this day. I could, I was finally running again. I was lifting like one reason why I've always been a very big guy. I've always been 250 plus. Mm-hmm. If you look at the AIW run, especially toward the end, I was down to like 225. And that wasn't, I mean, I was in cardio shape for the most part, but I, I wasn't able to sprint that whole last few months. I mean, I was just doing stairmaster at slow pace and stuff. I was leaned down, not just because I was on a decent diet, but because I couldn't lift heavy weights. Like I just yeah. couldn't do it. Uh, and so I started lifting again. I got my bench press back up over like 350 again. And I was like, okay, all right. And, uh, you know, and, and so we didn't know the full extent, but Dan Housen was ready, baby. Like, I love that guy, but he was, uh, he was ready to take all the heat. <laughs> Man. I wonder whatever happened to that Dan Housen guy. Yeah. You know, someday we'll find out, you know, we'll catch up with him. See if he's <laughs> ever gotten like ridiculously famous or anything. That's that just like goes to show you that like we that the era that we had him like I just sat down and like rewatched Magnum's Opus and 
That was like before Danhausen really leaned into where he's at now. Because like his his face paint is different. Yeah. It wasn't as like cartoonish or like fun. Yeah. So it's like, man. I mean, I think about it all the time where, and I know I've mentioned it a ton where we caught him like so early. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah. Every time he. Anytime, like I get a chance to like speak to him, like when he just did uh, Toy Hio back in February, I uh-huh. actually I actually helped out with Toy Hio and I uh, helped run his booth with him. Like they, him and Lulu took care of their money because she was there too. Um, but right. like I helped like take pictures for people and all that kind of stuff. Nice. And like nice. just like to have that kind of like day with him and like he, I'm someone that he trusts. Like where we are very familiar with each other and even like through this whole time, like we'll throw lines back and forth here and there like i'm always like obviously very supportive of him and like when you anything that i see with him like like he does something even bigger or gets more popular i'm just like wow he he's one of those that like 100 percent deserves it well he's he's put the work in i mean you know Mm -hmm. it's funny because i'll see him pop up i'll see dan housen pop up on something and i'm like holy shit i wonder how he he worked that out and it's like, he just doesn't stop. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like he, you know, RJ city is another friend of mine, uh, who's really making a a great run right now too. But, um, you know, he said, he said it perfectly where he's like, he he just bets on himself, man. Like he just doubled down and like, I don't know. I'm obviously, I was off of wrestling, uh, social media for a couple of years. And that's not because I feel guilty a little bit about that, but it's just because it was hard to look at because mm-hmm. it's just wrestling has been my life since I was two or three years old. And so to have it taken away was one of the hardest things I've ever personally got, gone through or professionally. But um, I still see people giving him shit on the internet and like, it doesn't stop him. I mean, he just doubles down on what he's doing. And like, yeah. and I think, I think one thing that holds a lot of us back, is that fear of being criticized because if you put yourself out there yeah that's how you get the big finish line or that's or or the big reward or whatever or the big job or the whatever the you know but that's also how you get shit on by a bunch of people yeah. <laughs> you know so like that's hard that's definitely hard and i'm sure that he has days where it's affected him but like you know, he's obviously just put his head down and just kept right at it. I mean, Jesus, how many people could like tear their pec or their, you know, bicep or whatever it was and probably make more money. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he he was one of those people that during the pandemic was just like throwing out content left and right. And <laughs> I would run into like people like in like particular Facebook groups that would be like, I just, I'm just now getting into this Dan Housen guy. Like, give me all your video recommendations. And I had like ones yeah. that I would throw, throw out, like ones that I felt like, oh, these are like the good staples of like, uh, this is when he introduced the teeth. This is when he introduced tequila. Mm-hmm. Here's like this funny video and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. And- well, I'm looking forward to catching Dan Housen down the road someplace. I mean, I know obviously we're in different, different things, you know, these days but you know one thing i told him because i've kept in, in contact as much as i as much as possible because yeah. i mean you know he we're, we're both living different lives and he's obviously you know much more sought after commodity these days but um you know like when he hurt his when he hurt his leg and everything like you know i've been in contact with him here and there and when he debuted on AEW and stuff like that like milestones and stuff and um you know i've always told him like man 
you know, we, 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 we got to do something together again someday. And he was, he always said the same thing. We will, we will. And I really think we will some, some, somewhere someday, but, um, having, having my wrestling career back opens up so much hope and fun in, in, in my life and changes my outlook on a lot of things because, you know, I doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down other things in my life. And, mm. and I just couldn't look at wrestling. Like I didn't watch wrestling um, for the first time in my life, you know, I mean, since forever, just because it just was painful to watch. Like it just was a heartbreak for me. I mean, I tried to keep my head up and I didn't cry or anything, you know, when I had to go away um, and I tried not to be down about it. I tried to put on a positive uh, face, um, but it was heartbreaking. I mean, it was absolutely heartbreaking because to be perfectly honest with you, and this is covered in the documentary you were mentioning, like 2019 is, is the year that AIW really, really blossomed mm -hmm. and was also the year that I was, I didn't find out till later was also the year that I was, I was going to, they were going to give me the ball. Like yeah. I didn't find that out until we were shooting the documentary. When John said it, he was like, yeah, we were, we were priming him up for Abso. And I was like, Holy shit. Like that was one of the worst. That was just as bad to me as the day I found out that I, I, I what, when I was told I, I wouldn't wrestle again, you know, which obviously mm -hmm. wasn't true. But, uh, but when I was, when we were filming that documentary and Thorne said, yeah, you know, this guy, we were going to probably give him gauntlet and he was going to make a big run and, and, and abso. I was devastated. Like there was a part of me that wished I'd never heard that, you know, yeah. and I don't, I'm not blaming anybody, but I mean, like that was, that was hard. Like I sat in my car and just like, just depressed after that interview, you know, just cause I was like, cause again, it's not all about belts. It's not about winning the fucking main event, but like, that's an honor, you know, like for someone to yeah. be like, yeah, this guy got so over, I wasn't supposed to get over. Like, I mean, everyone's supposed to get over, but I was brought in to be one guy's heater. Basically I was brought in to be diesel, you know, for, mm -hmm. for, or Sid or something for, for Frankie Flynn and just got over just because I just, I, I just ran with it. I mean, I just did work as hard as I could and tried to fill that spot as best I could. And, uh, to hear that 2019 was the year that like, you know, AIW started streaming and going, you know, and, and, and the big WrestleMania show that year. Yeah. And here I am, you know, Shawn Michaels, you know, get, <laughs> ending right before the attitude era really kicks off and, and the big numbers come in was just, devastating so i i totally removed myself from wrestling in every every possible capacity for a long time and um honestly uh it was new japan that really kind of got me back into it and 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 my best my childhood best friend died uh just a little over a year and a half ago and um and his, him dying and me really wrestling with that, pardon the pun, is one of the things that really got me thinking like, hey, man, I think I, I can do this again. And I think that I should. And I was watching uh, uh, KG Muto, great Muto, uh, do his retirement tour. And uh, I was like, shit, man, like, you know just watching this, this epic character that I've loved my whole life that I have tattooed on my arm, you know, like make his final run at 60. And I, and I'm not saying I want to be a 60 year old wrestler, but yeah. it was impressive to me and it really touched me. And then it was literally John Thorne messaging me. I was in Las Vegas with my wife for a trip. And, uh, he's like, Hey, you want to come out at gauntlet and get that little popsky? <laughs> and I, I, 
it probably had a drink probably i probably had imbibed i was in vegas and uh i was standing on the strip and i was just like yeah man guys like my buddies like danhausen they took a big gamble on themselves you know my friend rj city took a big gamble on himself all these guys i mean derek derek uh dillinger jesus christ i I mean, that guy has doubled down and taken a big gamble on himself and it's paid off. And I was like, yeah, you know what, Thorne? Like, yeah, let's do it. And let's just not get a pop. Let's, 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 let's start it again. Let's let me, you know, I just said, I started a, not that Cody Rhodes. I'm not trying to do the Cody Rhodes bullshit. <laughs> not that it's bullshit, but you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to say finish the story, but like that resonates with me because I, I had worked so hard you know, since I was 18 years old to try to get to a point where I could be at a place like AIW just to begin with. And then to work my way up the ladder to be, almost become like the man mm -hmm. and then have that stop just short of that actually happening is just like, it just eats you alive. And so from that literal moment standing on Vegas strip, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to run for it again. And I'm not going to no, I'm not asking for any favors. I'm not asking for any special treatment, put me on the card and I will get over and I will, I will make everybody around me look like a million bucks and, and uh, do everything that I can to get, to get that spot back that I was supposed to have. And I think with like all the time that's passed and especially with uh, the documentary, you got to like relive that whole run and then also pick apart things that like maybe next time like don't do this you know uh -huh. wait because you, know, you it even kind of gets talked about there of like you get back in it and then you kind of get yourself in the same mesh you did before if i'm correct right yeah i mean you know it's wrestling's a drug i mm -hmm. mean it's 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 weird but it's a drug and uh you know I was finally getting booked at places that I wasn't reaching out to, you know, mm -hmm. and I didn't reach out to AIW. I mean, that was an organic, you know, yeah. booking as well, but you know, I was getting called to come in and, and get paid pretty decently uh, to come in and work the main event and make their guy look good. And like, that's an alluring thing, mm -hmm. but it just, it, it, at the end of the day was unsatisfying. I mean, I always had the AIW shows to fall back on for that kind of like dopamine hit of like, yeah, I'm over. This is fun. But like I was traveling around and just getting the shit knocked out of me by people. I was just meeting, you know, 10 minutes before the show yeah. and, and then never would never come back, you know, or would come back six months later. And that's cool. And there are a lot of people that do that and they like that, but I'm much more interested in getting a stronger foothold at a handful of places. So like, the, I've definitely been reached out to by a couple of feds that I, that I want to, but I've told them all the same thing, which is I don't want to come in and just dick around. Like I want to come in and I want to be, I want to be booked for several shows and I want to tell a story or be a part of a story or get a foothold. Like, you know, uh, it's just, it's a bit of a different situation. There's always injuries on the horizon. I mean, everyone mm -hmm. who wrestles is going to get hurt at some point, but um, one thing that's changed for me in my life is I don't have this sense of, I don't want to say sense of urgency, but 
before in my mind, there was always an invisible clock that was ticking down that was telling me like, you've got to go now. You've got to do this shot. You're running, you're going to run out of time or, you know, this, this ride's going to be over. And that was before I even knew that I was really hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have that now. I, I'm viewing everything as I'm going to have as much fun as possible. I will never have a retirement show ever again. And I'm not saying that I'm going to be Ric Flair and die in the ring, (laughs) but like that night will never be replicated. That's my retirement show. And that'll always be the retirement show. And whenever I have my last match, that's just my, it's just triple H style. It's just, that was my last match. Oh, well. Um, uh, But I'm just looking at it as, you know, I, I have, I definitely have goals and I have things that I aspire toward, but they're not fueling me in the, in my belly, like this burning fire, like they were before to the point of toxicity. I mean, I was, I wasn't listening to my body. I wasn't listening to my wife. I wasn't listening to my, my own uh, conscience. I wasn't, I mean, I was just go, go, go because, Oh my God, I'm finally getting recognized. I'm finally getting spots that I've wanted my whole life since I was a kid. And I just flew too close to the sun. Uh, I'm a much wiser person now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if I haven't at that time, I thought I had, if I, before I even knew my back was as hurt as it was, if I had an energy injury and I had to be out of the ring for six months, I would have thought my, uh, my AIW run is over. No one's ever going to book me again. It's over. I'm done. I know so much better now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that sounds so stupid from the outside, but like, if I had my first mat, my first full match back at AIW and I broke my leg and was out for three months, well, I'd just be out for three months. I, I would come back at some point. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I didn't have the self-confidence uh, that I or self-assuredness that I do now. And that's partly because I did have to go away. I did have to get injured. One of the first things that John Thorne said to me was – when he gave me, first of all, the best payday I've ever had in wrestling in my entire life, uh, and he didn't have to do, uh, he said, open door policy. You're always welcome here in whatever capacity you want. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And that just comes from not having the self-confidence and not having the self-assuredness to think that anybody could accept me as a person and want me around and not just when I can do something for them. You know what I mean? And so that's like ingrained in you in childhood. And I just, I, like you, <laughs> like we've talked about, I've had a lot of therapy. I've had a lot of real life happen in the last uh, four years. And um, I'm looking at this as like, and I'm not comparing myself to him because he's a much better wrestler than me, but I'm looking at this as the 2002 HBK deal where it's like, Hey man, like I'm back and let's just see what happens. Like I feel good. I'm healed. I have a great mindset. I have a great attitude. I have a shitload of experience and I've had a bunch of new other experiences since this. And I'm ready to be part of the team retire i thought you i thought you went to wcw yeah i did i went to wcw and then uh, Gold, goldberg kicked me in the face and dropped me on my head so that's that's still one of my favorite moments from the it's, that whole yeah speech. when I, I i did the air sign wcw just like uh when brett left yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh that was that was a dream come true i mean in what context could you ever do that and then also get a laugh out of it <laughs> That was like in the uh, oh, the one group that I'm in. The guy that made your figure, he was in it, and he was like promoting your fig the the figure that they he made. And I yeah, I jokingly put like I thought that guy went to WCW, and like the the <laughs> yeah. the 
the artwork does look WCW-ish. And he's like, oh, no, this yeah. is this blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm referring to like when he when he had a retirement <laughs> match. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. That went over my head. I'm like, yeah. I just like, and I know Magnum and it, the, the, that whole thing, like I said, popped me. But it goes like kind of like what you were saying about uh, how you've, you've experienced so much. It's kind of like what I was saying, too, of you, you had those life experiences uh, like in wrestling. You kind of look back, made those mistakes. But then the fact that you were able to like put them together again in Magnum's opus, it kind of like just really ins- I think I would feel like that just instills it in you more like you got to yeah. look at everything like revisit all the film re- and just look at how everything went. And now like you have a, a second or maybe even like technically I think third chance. Cause you did, you were like away for a handful of years if I'm correct. Yeah, I was, I was on the kind of backside for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I just had to, had a diversion there, but I've never not been a part of wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, except for those couple of years, last few years when I've been gone, but you know, the parallels are funny to me because I've been out, uh, just, just about four and a half years. Mm -hmm. I just turned 37. I'm just saying Shawn Michaels, four and (laughs) a half years came back at 37. I don't know, man. That's pretty crazy. (laughs) So you're going to get a short haircut. You already have the, the long tights. So you're going to get like that, like (laughs) shit Brown, brown tights i got it <laughs> and and that's when you're gonna win the absolute title <laughs> yeah when i have my shit brown tights that didn't get finished <laughs> oh man but well i mean i look at it i mean yeah i i definitely get what you're saying like the movie was tough to make especially yeah. because it was during the pandemic when it was edited and and i had to edit a lot more than i originally thought i was going to have to do and I wanted to pass the footage off to somebody else because I didn't think I wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad I did it. I had to remove myself from it to some degree, just, you know, in my brain to, to, to work on it. And it was a bit like the scene in uh, Christmas vacation where Chevy chase is up in the attic, watching the old, the old movies. Like there was a part of me that was watching some of this older stuff and just getting really nostalgic or whatever. And, uh, uh, you know, again, it was right around that time that I kind of found out, oh, okay, I, I, I'm good. My first thought wasn't, oh my God, let me hop in a wrestling ring. Mm-hmm. My first thought was, oh, thank God, I'm fine. Like, I'm, I'm okay now. Like, okay, all right, I get it. Because again, the condition that I have, spina bifida occulta, which you hear spina bifida and you're like, holy shit, like that's great. It's incredibly common. My friend, he's a wrestler. His name is uh, Vance Desmond. He has it. It's really, really common. Anyone you see with those two little dimples in the in the bottom of their back, like I have, has it. It's not that it's like some crazy rare thing. It's just that I had a stupid injury and I never dealt with it. Um, and I was a little more susceptible to it because of it. Um, I've in the training I've done since I've adjusted some things. Uh, I'm more aware of it. Um, and it's not something, you know, hopefully that's ever a problem again. And if it is, then I'll just deal with it if it comes up. But, you know, watching that footage, I thought would be like a nice, like, let me close the book. But like, mm-hmm. it's just true, man. Like if there's any life, if there's any gas in the tank, if there's any life left over in there, 
it's just you can't stop thinking about it. I I have a promo. I have a notes app on my phone. I've been taking promo notes for five five four and a half years. Oh like everything. Like I have spots in my phone. I have different moves. I have different ideas. I never I never stopped thinking about wrestling at any point, even when I was trying not to. So that movie felt just like a nice little button on a period of time. And I'm just looking at the rest of this as just kind of icing on the cake. And I think I really, truly feel that some big, cool things are going to happen just because it's like, what's the 38 special? Like, hold on, because I'm holding on loosely. I'm not like one thing that people don't know about that original run was, man, I was high strung. I mean, I was I was I've always been positive. I'm always trying to be as nice to everyone. It's not it's not phony. It's just that's the version of myself that I choose to be mm-hmm. as nice and kind and comforting to everybody as I can. But I mean, I was I was high strung about it. I was really taking that run very seriously, almost to a point where I was blinded. So uh, that things feel a lot different now. And having that perspective of being able to look at that movie, that documentary and look at it all like it is a movie is kind of comforting in a way because it just felt like, okay, that's, that's a project that happened and we're removed from it now. And I get a new, I get, we get to do a new project now. You have no idea how much I can't wait for your first promo back. Cause <laughs> why don't you just be like total shit? Like, <laughs> no, because like, I've always said that I'm not, there's like promos I really, really like of people. Like if I were to give uh, someone recommendations, like I always throw at J Pro. J Pro's hands down one of my favorites. Yeah. But the one that I'll throw at somebody and is, and it's helped me look at promos just completely different is how y- you would do it because there's some that I vividly remember, whether it be, you know, the, the simple first one of where you're just eating peanut butter, got the point across, <laughs> memorable, not a word was said. There was the one that um, you're doing a promo on PME. I think you have two really good ones on PME. One is in the documentary and the other one isn't. The first one, it's on a playground and you find a way to uh-huh. incorporate it, like why you're at a playground. There's another one you're like out in the field. And I think you're yeah. like erotic city is just like just a little bit that way and everything. And, it, and it's just that fact of so many people do promos just like they're all they're always in their living room or they're always in their bathroom but you found ways to like have them stick out and like that to me is so important well i appreciate that i mean honestly i approach it from a few different angles not the least of which just trying to find something that's visually appealing Mm -hmm. in the background and some depth because there's nothing i hate more than just a big flat wall behind somebody or a god forbid a seat belt in a car seat for god's sake uh (laughs) not my favorite but you know, I've never, and it's probably why I've, I've been decently successful at doing like character and promo like classes with people is because we've all seen a million wrestling promos and that's my favorite part. Like I love, I love promos more than, more than watching almost, I mean, I love wrestling, but I love promos the best, especially some of the older ones, but I never approached it like a wrestling promo because we all know that a wrestling promo is like June 18th. I'm coming down and I'm going to kick your ass and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Oh God, like, okay. So what, who gives a shit? Like everyone has said that everyone, like I never wanted it. And going forward, I don't ever want it to feel like it's just a, 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 because those feel phony. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
And some people can do it well, obviously, but I just have never, never been a fan of doing that in the modern day. I just always look at them much more like a separate presentation, like a separate moment to like take the, the mask off and just try to show the character as plainly as possible have a couple one maybe two little clever ideas Mm -hmm. but really just kind of let the rest fall in place so i i put these promos or monologues as as dom greeny uh called them (laughs) which i always love that uh calling them new monologue instead of new promo it's way more fun um uh, the same way I look at putting together a match, I never, ever walk up to another wrestler backstage and say, what do you want to do? I always say, what kind of story do we want to tell? Mm-hmm. Right. Is it big guy, little guy, overconfident, like whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. I do the exact same thing with a promo, which isn't what's a cool, clever line I can say. And just more like, what do I want to say? What am I trying to get across? Um, and usually it starts, I mean, it's just one simple little thing. Uh, uh, like I had one against Andrew palace one time where I, I couldn't really think of anything. And then I was like, I wonder if that's his real name. And I wasn't sure. Cause I've known Andrew for a while, but I, you know, you never, half the time you never learn anybody's real names. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, well, what if I just make that part of the promo? And I was like, the promo just became like, Hey, you can call yourself whatever you want. But when the bell rings, there's an x-ray on you and I see exactly who you are mm-hmm. and, and I know who you are. What are you going to do once you see it? Are you, can you handle it when you know who you are? You know, shit like that, like just very simple. So like, I've always been very influenced by Raven, like back in the nineties, yeah. especially in ECW. And he wrote his a lot more than I do. I try to just have bullet points because I feel more natural that way. Mm-hmm. But I always liked his promos because they weren't wrestling promos. They were almost like monologues. I would even say like speeches because I know when I was in high school, yeah. I, I took a course and we, uh, there was a part of it where we talked about speeches and basically how to write one. And it was like, don't write line by line. They were like, like do bullet points, like create an outline. Yeah. And then like that helps you flow. So in a way, like you mentioned just outline thing, I'm like, oh, well, that's kind of like, kind of like a speech. Well, honestly, I mean, what made it all click, um, if there's anything that I do or did from, you know, 2017 on, uh, that was of any value or entertainment, uh, I really give the credit to John Thorne because, you know, before he booked me for AIW, um, with the production, uh, as a the stable, you know, I was just doing everything. I was doing like an eighties thing. I was wearing, you saw me, I was wearing Van Halen tights and like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing and and I just couldn't figure it out. And John Thorne, I mean, art is discernment. It's just discerning what, what works and doesn't. And this is why someone like John Thorne's an artist, whether he wants to admit it or not is because he was like, you're a theater guy, right? And I was like, yeah, I, I've been doing a theater for like, at that time, like 15 years. And he's like, all right, well, just be like a theater guy. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds so stupid and simple, but it's like, it never occurred to me to just be like a big dramatic guy. And that, then that freed me up. I didn't have to do the like, hey, baby, we're doing the promo, daddy. And here's the date, man. And like, whatever. It was just more like, no, I can do anything. Yeah. I could do any anything I want because I'm just a dramatic theater type guy now. Bingo. <laughs> Was it a combination between Thorne and uh, your wife? 
Because like she kind of well, that's, it sounded like she had some input yeah, in there too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, she had been saying like you're thinking too much. You're thinking too much because like she's brilliant because she's like a good teacher, which is a good teacher will never tell you what to do. They'll just try to lead you that direction and let you figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was the same. And then you know, and 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 she's always been my litmus test of like, hey, does this make sense? Like, we watch this, and like, if she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Then I'm like, okay, delete it. Like, start over. <laughs> you yeah. know, because she's not a wrestling person. Obviously, she's seen a lot of it now but she doesn't follow it she doesn't care um so you know i've always looked at her as a as a way to have more appeal uh and a wider base a wider audience but yeah i mean it's just so funny because the the people closest to you are the ones that you'll listen to last sometimes and it's like at that time john thorne was a stranger now he's a, a wonderful friend but um he was a stranger and then she's brought that up too she's like i was kind of telling you the same thing and i was like i know but it's like when your parents tell you not to touch the stove and you're like oh yeah right old man i'll I'll," and then you touch the stove and you're like okay fine you're right (laughs) (laughs) but i've also grown in that department too i usually uh, listen to her uh, a lot quicker now (laughs) that's one thing that i really loved about magnum's opus it's like it's the part with her is i think where it gets highlighted the most but like through it's great throughout the entire thing is like when you have her name and then you're like was right like those just some of those and like every time you see her like there'll be something else and then some of the things that like just for like nicknames for somebody like that would pop up i think the one that i totally forgot about was like somewhere towards the end when all of a sudden like there's these like fake movie titles for matches Uh like Cause first I was like, there was something for the one with you and RJ city. And I was like, Oh, that must've been like what the show was called. And then the next one, there was like an AIW one. And I know it wasn't titled the show. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's part of the joke. Like it's just those little small little things uh, or even anytime there's a product on the uh, screen, uh, asterisk, not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's probably just me being a board editor. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, that's that's come up a couple of times. I mean, honestly, the documentary was pretty well received, and that was that was also and it, and I it was um, I I worked on and directed and, and helped write and produce films that had won awards before, mm-hmm. but the awards that we got for Magnum's Opus I, I, I are a little more precious to me because um, obviously I, I, I didn't do it all alone, but that's a project that I really spearheaded just mm-hmm. due, due to the necessity of the pandemic. And so that's, I didn't start calling myself an award-winning filmmaker until I got awards for that one. Cause it was the first time I felt like I'd actually, actually earned it. <laughs> the thing that I loved was that same week power bombers released. Like I think, oh, yeah. yeah, I think there was like a, a couple, actually there was a, I think it was supposed to be a really big, like maybe a week difference, but then like it came out yeah. early. Like I, cause I had, I had bought it off uh, Apple and then a week before it came out, I woke up to a notification. It's like, Oh, your purchase of power bombs ready to download. I'm like, what? And I purposely waited for Magnum's Opus to release. Cause I came home from work that day and did a double feature. Sat down. Oh, and watched. that's awesome. I can't remember which order I did it in, but the thing that I liked was, Yours began with a tribute to Biggins. Powerbomb ended with a tribute to Biggins. And I can't remember. I think I watched Magnum's Opus, then Powerbomb, because then like it was like book, it, it was book ended. It was either book ended or they, yeah. were, they were both right in the middle for me. But nonetheless, like that, that's a uh, that's a fun double feature. 
Yeah, that's kind of a serendipitous uh, type of thing. I mean, I still work in film quite a bit, and I'm I'm lucky that that I get I get uh, a living doing a lot of that. But um, you know, this this time around in wrestling, uh, I don't I don't care to film any of it. Uh, I don't care to document it. Uh, <laughs> I'm really selfishly doing this one just just for the fun and love of it. So there won't be marking out part three, kind of. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> what was it's the, so much work <laughs> what was the original premise of two because i mean for those who don't know um, like well there was there was yeah. out the original and then you guys were going to do the uh-huh. sequel and then everything happened about your diagnosis and that like shifted what the yeah. what it was going to be about yeah i mean that was the wrestling me wrestling was going to be like the through line of the documentary mm-hmm. uh just like throughout the movie was the plan. Um, and again, this was all preliminary because, uh, you know, a documentary is a film that you write after you shoot it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, uh, and then the plan was to tell a bunch of smaller stories, you know, like to, to branch out to some smaller, um, uh, stories that would be more like 10 to 10 to 20 minute chapters of, of it, you know, kind of elaborating on some of the themes of marking out one, which I think is still on, I'm pretty sure it's still on Amazon prime. Um, but uh and then doubling back to some of the people we talked to in that one but it was really just kind of trying to elaborate on that and also follow me in wrestling and uh then you know i had a a, my back injury and that was like well i guess we're not making that movie (laughs) like i felt like i could tell like the aspects of it were there like the little bits that were recorded before that was just decided because there is the part about uh injuries like the, the crazy yes. injuries that happened. And then there was, uh, oh, there was another thing with our, maybe it was about, oh, about uh, comedy wrestling. Uh-huh. Like there's like that. Yeah, little part that's of it. exactly it. Yeah. Because we wanted to touch on that type of stuff. And then, yeah, that's funny. Cause we tried to keep a lot of it in, but it, it, if you watch it now, it doesn't really fit. I mean, it, it feels a little shoehorned in there mm-hmm. just cause we didn't want to lose that, you know, cause people gave us their time and everything, but yeah, that's exactly it. The vibe was originally going to be like, here's a spot about wrestling injuries. Here's about comedy. And then we had some other comic cons we were going to go to and talk about like some different artists and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and touch on some different things, but yeah, it just kind of, it never fully got off the ground because, uh, uh I broke my stupid back. <laughs> the, the injury one did kind of fit, but I, yeah, st- I still, I still love the bit on comedy wrestling. Cause I'm someone who enjoys comedy wrestling and just RJ, sure. RJ saying what he said. And maybe I just forgot about it the first time I watched it, but just saying like when people are like, Oh, that's, that's not real wrestling. And it's just like, yeah, like you, you, you tell that to people who like look at, professional wrestling as like well that's not real wrestling like are you listening right. to, are you listening to yourself when you say that well i mean he had a i just rewatched that section the other day because i think mike or someone posted it a uh, guy I made the film with but um rj city saying wrestling is inherently hilarious and like it does mm-hmm. you know since since i had to leave wrestling um i just i went way deep into comedy uh um i studied for over two years at second city in chicago i did their whole comedy program i was in their acting conservatory i performed there for months and months we had a great we had a great show that ran there that was super successful um i've studied at io in chicago at the nest in columbus at arcade you know and performed at all these places and um uh just 
last Saturday, I did uh, 30 minutes of silent improv with uh, Chad uh, Damiani from WCW, who's like a big clown uh uh like he like revolutionized uh you know clown and improv in in la and he's like this legend in the clown world which i'm i've only ever dipped my toe into but um it's all wrestling dude like Mm -hmm. they booked me with chad because he's from wcw and uh and they knew that i'm a good comedian a good improviser and good performer um but I never met him. I'd never done 30 minutes of silent improv with a piano player. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And he walked in 15 minutes before the show and he's like, it's so much like wrestling. You're going to, this is going to be the easiest 30 minutes of your life. <laughs> and it legitimately was just wrestling. Like, uh-huh. I mean, we didn't wrestle each other, but I mean, like the mentality of it, like looking at the audience, messing with the audience, messing with each other, telling a story, having a pattern, breaking that pattern, going back to that pattern, fucking with the piano player, just just like you'd fuck with the ref or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it was wrestling. So like, I'm not saying that all wrestling has to be comedy wrestling, but if you think that wrestling can't be legitimately, you know, funny and legitimately wrestling at the same time, uh, you're, you're way too narrow in scope mm-hmm. and naive because like RJ said, it is inherently fucking hilarious. One of my favorite quotes of my life that I still say to people all the time was from my, my friend, a uh, former tag partner, Jock Sampson. Cause anytime somebody cause listen, we take all this seriously. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like cold cabana was is successful and was so successful in his career not just because he was funny, but because he was a good wrestler too. Like mm-hmm. he took the wrestling part seriously. He just happened to be fucking funny when he did it. Um, and, and, you know, was good at making that work. So we all do take this seriously to that degree, but anytime some wrestler will be in the back, taking his shit too seriously, getting too worked up, getting too defensive, getting whatever jock Sampson would always say, motherfucker, you stomp when you punch, you stomp <laughs> when you punch, you're going to get pissed off at me when you stomp, when you punch. And it's like, yeah, I mean, boil it down. It's a fucking clown shit. <laughs> I mean, you talk about all the stuff you did, like after wrestling or during your during your wrestling hiatus. Let's say because you did obviously you're back now, but I think that was like a fun thing to kind of watch from the outside because it's like, hey, I know wrestling didn't work out as much as you want, at least at that point, and right. just like throwing yourselves at all these things because I know like how much like theater and comedy and all that all that means to seeing you like dude like recently you just had that. Uh, performance in West Virginia where it was like like a sold out weekend. Oh, it was a whole sold out run. Yeah, yeah, we did the play that goes wrong, and and that town had never heard of that show. I mean, it wasn't a popular show. Um, the first night was sold out because it was a buy one get one half. They always do that, and then the second night was about a half house. And then every show after that sold out because of just straight up word of mouth. Like they were going to add a weekend, but we couldn't get everyone, you know, we weren't all available. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I, I have, I've thrown myself into these other things. Uh, and it's, it's been a challenge. Again, I drove back and forth from Ohio, Southeast Ohio to Chicago for like 15 months every week, (laughs) you know? So, uh, definitely, definitely took it very seriously. Um, but 
not only did I learn a lot about performing, not only did I get to have a dream, which was, you know, vindication going to second city in Chicago and, and, and performing on their stages and, and going through all that training and the same training that people like Bill Murray did, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Um, and Steve Carell and these guys, you know, it's awesome to be on the stages where some of those guys that were performing is, is surreal. Um, Chris but Farley. it just taught me and I, and this isn't, I'm not trying to be a dick, yeah. but it just made me realize that I'm a professional, like I'm a professional performer. And like, it took all that, all the things I've done in my life. It wasn't until uh, and I'll just be totally honest with you because this is a new development this past weekend when I did 30 minutes of silent improv with a stranger, I was like, dude, you got this. Like, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. It's just fun. It's just all fun. And it's all bullshit. It was a big light bulb moment. And, um, I, I while all this has been exhausting in a different way than wrestling ever was, uh, just because it's more time commitment and everything else. I'm so grateful that I've done all these things because it just showed me that I I'm I'm even I've progressed even more as a performer than I ever thought that I would. And mm -hmm. that's not, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm not trying to be full of myself, but it's just personally, it's like, I finally, for the first time in my life feel uh, uh, like I accept myself as, and I trust myself and I trust my talent and my knowledge. And that doesn't mean I'm going to waltz into a locker room and be a dickhead and be like, Hey kid, what's your finish? I'm going to move, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. like whatever. <laughs> like doesn't mean that I'm better than anybody. It just means that I'm better than I used to be. And I'm better than I thought I could be. And that to me, I don't compare myself to other talent. I compare myself to my, my past and who I was. And, uh, that's, like ultimate weight off my back. Like that feels like a million bucks. Well, good thing that weights off your back. So we don't, we yeah, don't really, really I obviously can't take, can't take it. <laughs> Man, going back and forth from Southern Ohio to Chicago. That is a, that is a haul. It was a, a 16 hour round trip. Uh, every, every weekend for, for, for well over a year. And I'm going to, I'm going to guess like that. Was that going through, uh, Minneapolis? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. I I roughly know like the way you're going there. Oh, that's just because at least like for us in like Northern Ohio, that or like especially like being this close as we are to the Turnpike, like that's just like get on the Turnpike and go. Especially yeah. with Easy Pass, like just just go. But that, ugh. like I I, I mean I, I had to get up. I got up about three a.m. on Saturday, uh, and I, I had class at noon in my conservatory. Well, especially when I got into conservatory conservatory which is i'm sorry is a big deal like mm -hmm. you know in chicago people are like oh you did conservatory but like it's hard to get into and it's grueling it's a shitload of work and uh i've never done anything harder than second city conservatory in my life wrestling training included i mean it was the most strenuous crazy stressful thing um uh and i would get up at 3 a.m roll out of bed, hop in my car, drive to Chicago, take my class, get in my car, drive back home and get home about 1 a.m. So it was about 22 hours door to door. On, and that's if everything went well. If I got stuck in anything, I mean, it would be 22, 3, 4, 24 hours. Like, it was pretty grueling. But I can tell you that there's not a better feeling than when you're a total zombie and you sit down on your couch and it's 1 a.m. And, and you're, you're finally able to relax. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I know that for being over the road when i oh yeah you get it yeah yeah the brief period of time that i've done that and you know you finally get home or even i've always said like 
you have your home bubble to where yeah whenever you cross into that bubble and i'm saying like your hometown but like when when it comes super familiar that like that's right. when it's like well i'm not home home but i'm close like for me uh a lot of times it was just like entering the state of ohio if uh coming up 71 and 75 like from kentucky to cincinnati and you yeah. see, you just see that uh, you come over that hill and you see like that skyline and like you're right there like to me like that was always like one of the <laughs> coolest things and it's just like am i close to home no but this is like i'm like one step closer right so i could i could imagine, well that's how yeah. i mean that's how i was when i got the, when i hit the ohio line i knew i still had three hours left but when i hit columbus i was like all right buddy 55 minutes 50 minutes like come on rally and and you know i i don't know i don't know that i would do it again but i don't regret it and i'm glad i did it because uh i think the healthy approach we all do this stuff for different reasons my approach at this point in my life is i'm doing this for myself i'm doing this to see what what's out there not just to, to prove myself or whatever or mm -hmm. prove my i don't feel like i need to prove anything to myself anymore but just more about like um um what where can we go like what can we do and yeah. how much fun can we have and like i really think that's you know not to bring everything back to wrestling but that's why i'm most excited about this future i have a lot of bookings which i did not plan on by the way which is so funny because when i told thorne originally i was like you know i'm really only interested in doing aiw which is still true mm -hmm. no offense to any other fed but aiw that's for me that's my place yeah i will i will take an aiw booking over anyone's wedding or funeral sorry <laughs> uh but uh uh a bunch of other stuff popped up and i'm like great if it sounds like it's going to be fun hell yeah i'm in for it and that's why i think this is going to be some of the best stuff I've, I've ever been able to be a part of just because i'm not approaching it from okay this has got to be good it's going to be on tape it's going to be streamed it's going to be whatever it's like no this has got to be fun and then it doesn't matter if it's good or whatever because it's just fun. I can't wait to see you back at old. Like I, I'm not. Oh, gonna, I can't I, wait. I'm Me not, and Effie. Ah, I, I wish I could make it to that show. I'm hoping you're at the Extravaganza. Oh, uh, I well, I'm sorry. I'm in New York. I'm in New York with my family for the Extravaganza. I really yeah. wanted to make it work, but yeah. uh, there's a. I don't know if you know this, but there's a Pokemon Go event happening in New York that I just <laughs> got you. <laughs> my wife and I are doing a Pokemon Go event uh, in New York, but I will say that um, I'm just uh, I was using shoot names on here. Marion Fontaine mm -hmm. is is a very close friend of mine yeah. and uh i plan on attending as many old wrestling shows as possible this this just worked out um a lot of this stuff was planned before i really fully realized that i was going to be like back at it back mm -hmm. at it um so uh i have i have detroit with effie which i can't wait for i've been wanting to wrestle with effie for like five years and apparently likewise like effie is apparently excited so that's cool <laughs> it's better than the alternative um i love effie and uh uh I'm, I'm, my goal is next year because you know old wrestling has that like pocket of time that they do shows it feels mm -hmm. like it's like may to september um i should be on the loop for those um so looking for it because that's the, th the thing that i love about old and, and in general and i've said it before about fontaine where like the like talent that he books is like a little bit of everybody 
He's yep. not just like he's like not just pulling like AIW Chris. people. Yeah. He's like pulling people from all these different uh, companies, and he'll he'll get the bigger names like Effie, but then he'll you know he'll give other wrestlers a shot that you that most people might yeah. not have ever heard of, and that's just what I enjoy. And then like when you get people like I should say not people like, but like the fact that most people that work there are they're doing something completely different. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm you're it's going to be Magnum CK versus Effie, but it's gonna be under old wrestling, so it's going to be Bruno versus Effie Davison. So Yeah. Oh so it's gonna be ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly uh, um Effie has a lot of a lot of pull in a lot of places, and Effie is very popular and, and rightfully so. Um, so I think, uh, I have not met Effie in person yet. We've, we've been in touch for years, just sporadically, Mm -hmm. uh, same with, it was the same with RJ city before I ever met RJ city. We were friends on online for like two years, but, um, I feel like we're going to connect. I feel like we're going to hit it off because I feel like our mindsets are similar. And um, I really wouldn't be surprised if you so because I think the money match, Bruno and Effie Davidson is fun. I think the money match is is uh, once people realize that I'm I'm serious and I'm back in it uh, and and operating all systems go. I think uh, me Magnum CK versus Effie is that's that's a fun that's a fun idea. You, you know what I think the real money match is? And we, we, we almost had it. We almost had it. Uh, RJ City and David Arquette oh, versus God, yeah. Magnum CK. And if we can't get Frankie, let's get Dan Housen. Oh, man. That was, that was, I couldn't believe, like, that was so much work to get together mm-hmm. because there were three different feds involved with David Arquette's doing like a shot that weekend it was like toronto cleveland and like somewhere in michigan or something and it was like splitting up the trans and working out who's gonna buy what plane ticket and whatever whatever and then he fucking booked a movie and had to pull out but like we were working on that for months and we yeah. finally got it i mean so far that arquette even filmed a promo about it uh yeah, I don't know what his designs are on wrestling, but at this point, I mean, here's what here's what I've told people. I am excited and ready to work with young talent who, you know, I, I mean, again, not trying to sound full of myself, but I have a lot of experience. I have 20 yeah. years of performance experience. Most of that has been wrestling also. Um, uh, young people, young talent, uh, whatever, whoever they are uh other you know what tag teams tagging up with young talent whatever working with weird weird booking i i mean i i'm excited about every single type of thing i can be booked for i'm ready for it because i feel like i just want wrestling for me going forward to be just a weird ass variety show of just like they're doing what (laughs) like oh like cool they got them with uh uh, with Hardway, okay, that's cool. That'll be interesting. Big young guy and 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 CK, that's fun. Or like also like Lord Zoltan still wrestles. What the fuck? <laughs> like, I mean, like like I want all of them. like give bring me every weird booking possible. <laughs> you know, with with the the time you had away too, um, and you kind of like talk about it in in between, you know, whether it be just Magnum's Opus or the actual speech that it came from your retirement speech uh mental health how has that 
strengthened you uh, during this time? Yeah, it's been important. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I, I haven't spoke, I haven't spoken well, Oh, and they haven't spoken to me. My my parents haven't spoken to me since spring of 2018, and it's it's Papa Shango's fault. Uh, <laughs> um, not really. It's indirectly Papa Shango's fault. We did that deal with Papa Shango where he, we did the voodoo ooze and everything, and there were a bunch of online wrestling articles uh, or companies that wanted to write articles about it. So I, I, I got a lot of interviews out of that. It was very grateful. It was a very cool time. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I mentioned in one of the interviews was – that I grew up in a very, very poor household. And I, and one thing I didn't think of, you know, I, I don't have a close relationship with my, a lot of my family. Um, and, uh, especially my, my, my nuclear family from when I was a kid. Uh, uh, but you know, I didn't think of the ramifications of that. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't zoom out and see that saying, you know, seeing your son say on a, on an internationally public, you know, international publication. Yeah. I grew up very poor, um, might hurt someone's feelings, even though it's the truth. Yeah. Um, so there was a falling out from that. And, uh, especially with my, my father who, who told me that he, he didn't want to ever speak to me again because he, he didn't feel that that was the truth. But frankly, it was, I mean, you know, I grew up in, in an incredible, incredible, I grew up in a trailer in the woods in West Virginia. I mean, incredible poverty mm-hmm. and, um, and, and an abusive household, you know, and, and, and a household where I wasn't not, not just not supported, but actively, you know, as an actively, uh, domestic violence, domestic abuse household. And, um, you know, I didn't get to get my shit together until I was probably, you know, 30 plus, I mm-hmm. mean, I'm 37 now. So I started therapy when I was about, uh, 29 or 30. And, um, that's when I got all my diagnoses, you know, like, Hey, you have ADHD. Well, that makes sense. Hey, you have OCD. Well, shit, that makes sense. Hey, you have catastrophizing anxiety. Well, I figured that one at least, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) I could, I could have pegged that one. Um, but, uh, therapy and, uh, I've made the rounds with different medications for sure. Uh, but you know, that therapy and a healthy relationship with my wife, uh, uh, have been the building blocks of everything. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done second city. I wouldn't have a, a great job. I wouldn't have a wonderful family and a, and a home and, 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 and all these things that I get to do if I didn't, uh, get my foundation together. And I, and, and I'm, I, I'm a bit sad sometimes that it wasn't until I was about 30 that I started to finally get the support that I needed to, to not just, thrive but to just survive and but i'm also grateful because some people never get it so mm-hmm. i'm not going to sit here and tell everyone they've got to take uh you know pills and and and, and see ther- a therapist five times a week but it's it's you know it i didn't go five times a week but i you know having therapy for years and getting to build up my mental health and really have a have a better perspective on what it means to just be an adult and understand you know, the, the big breakthrough for me in therapy, and I remember the day, I don't know the date, but I remember the day very, very vividly was when I finally realized and said out loud, holy shit, I'm just, I'm just normal. Like this is normal. Mm-hmm. Cause I always thought I was messed up. I always thought, 
you know, oh my gosh, these things that are wrong with me and on. And then it, I, the big breakthrough and my therapist said, she, she just, I mean, she was, she had a thousand watt smile when I said it, cause she's like, this is what I wait for. This is why I do this because we, when, when a patient finally gets, when a client finally gets to the point where they realize that they're not abnormal, there's nothing wrong. I mean, we all have our things, but we're just normal. And mm -hmm. this is all normal is like the biggest breakthrough of your life. So pursuing therapy, doing that hard work, struggling and failing, and finally getting to the point where you can see the faults in yourself and not beat yourself up for them, but just notice them and pivot or notice them and relax and let them pass shit happens feelings happen things fall through whatever um that is exactly it's the only fight worth worth fighting in your life is is just fighting for yourself and once you realize that that fight is not abnormal and that everyone that you know is going through some version of that fight is when there's a light bulb and you're like oh shit i'm just I'm fine. I'm good. I'm fine. And I'm, and there's going to be a day, maybe next week, maybe today, maybe tonight where I'm not fine. And that's fine because it's just going to pass and it's going to, you know, you're going to be fine. I think with me with, uh, cause I don't, I don't know if I've talked about it, anything on this podcast. We talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but like, I, like I, I do counseling and for me, it's helped with, uh, sometimes just having, somebody that's not necessarily as connected to bounce things off of yeah, with. that's exactly like, it like i've taken to my counselor like uh issues i've had in my life like some yeah. older some even recent like one on one I'll, I'll openly talk about here is um sadly right before my wedding like literally uh, a few months before the guy that i considered my best friend and was supposed to be my best man stopped talking to me yeah. Wouldn't respond to text messages, wouldn't, didn't answer wow. a phone call. And I actually had to make a change. Luckily I had someone, uh, in the wedding party that is, was just as close actually like, I have like, I had like a few people that were like my best friend in like the same group and I wanted to have two best men, but I'm like, nah, I'm just going to pick the one. So when yeah. he had that thing happen or where he just like stopped talking to me, I, I was able to pivot and like, I wasn't going to counseling at that time, but I was able to like sit down with my counselor once I started going and just be like, this is the story blah, 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 blah. And I'm now to the point yeah. of like, does it like frustrate me a little, but at the end of the day, I look at it as, you know what, if that's how he was going to be, then like, I shouldn't like necessarily mourn the friendship. It's just like, Hey, it's done. It sucks. Just move on. Yeah. Well, and that, that's a situation I've had that happen to me when I got, it's, it's funny how parallel this is, but when I, my wife, Alexis, uh, my wife, uh, <laughs> is the, the best thing that ever, and this isn't just bullshit husband talk, the best thing that ever happened to me in my life. I mean, just saved my life. And I, there was a, a whole group of friends that that stopped talking to me just because I, in their mind, I suppose, became an adult and they didn't want to be an adult, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but I struggled with that for a long time. And honestly, interactions like that, 
or what sent me into therapy in the first place. Not that I was sent in, you know, like I'm just a big ball of <laughs> tears to, <laughs> crawling into a therapist's office, but that's what things like that, that time period or what finally made me realize like, Hey, I should go talk to someone. Cause like, why am I so affected by this? And it took time and distance, but you know, I've had friendships fall through and I've been betrayed by people since then, or, or whatever the case may be in, in theater, especially. And, um, the, what I, one thing I found is when you do the work that you're doing and that, that, that I, that I've, I've been doing as well, when those things happen, they affect you. They, they probably affect you just as strongly, but for a lot less time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you get past it quicker because you start when you really work on yourself and you start to get to know yourself for the first time for real, mm-hmm. you realize that people's actions don't have fuck all to do with you and mm-hmm. they have everything to do with them. And, yeah. and who they are. So when people like that, people abandon you like that, doesn't mean that you deserved it or doesn't mean that you're less than or that you did anything. It just means that that's, that's what they did for themselves. And that's, that's whatever their opinion is probably none of your business anyway. Yeah. It's basically, like I said, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I'm still like curious of like what exactly the disconnect was, but yep. I'm no, yep. I'm no longer in the idea of like, Oh, like we could, you know, we could figure this out and be friends. Even like, like we were very close for many, many years, like going back to middle school. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, uh, you just kind of learn that, Hey, sometimes you are friends for a long time, but then something happens where you just go different paths. And that's kind of the way I look at that. Yeah. Sometimes people are in your life. I mean, that was a long one, but sometimes people are just in your life for a season and, you know, and you know, you know, as someone who sought therapy and counseling that, um, not everyone's going to be the same level of mental health and awareness as you are. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. not everyone's going to realize or be able to handle things that you as an emotionally responsible person will understand, you know, that they're not at the same level that you might be emotionally. They might think that like, it's just easier just to ghost you when really it's like, man, that hurts worse. I wish you just say like, I don't, I don't want to talk to you anymore because of this. And it's like, great. At least then I know. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I've had this happen just even recently. I was friends with someone for about eight years and we worked together for years and uh, I don't know what the hell happened, but I mean, just went scorched earth, you know, F F me. And I have no clue. And I'll never know because you can't expect the truth from people who lie, who lie to themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I start, I'm starting to sound like Gary Busey now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, a, like an insane person. But I mean, that's just the shit you learn in therapy. You know, you start yeah. learning these little mantras and these little ways to categorize things, you know, just to help them make more sense in your brain. All right. We've gone long, longer than I originally expected, but we still have to end things with the Fave Five questions. Hey, this is Booker okay. T, five-time champ, and this is the Fave Five questions. Now, can you dig it? I'm going to start off with uh, this one. You got a little bit of both. Uh, when it comes to uh, pizza, what's better, uh, Chicago style or New York style? Uh, New York style. Uh, I lived in Chicago. I'm in Chicago right now. I lived in Chicago for a very long time. Uh, I will tell you that nine times out of 10, if you go to a place in Chicago, that's not Lou Malnati's or a tourist place, you're probably going to see New York style pizza. (laughs) I've been, I've been to Luminati's. Uh, The only place in Chicago that I had pizza was there. And I've the, the big chain I've had, uh, Giordano's 
Actually, I think yeah. I think twice, maybe once or twice. Sadly, we had one. I mean, we people, had, I mean, I'm not gonna say people in Chicago don't eat that deep dish sauce on the top bullshit, but like, it's a tourist thing. Like, yeah. you know, you just pizza's good, good pizza's good pizza. Most of us New York style. <laughs> uh, question number two. Let's go with uh, MCU or Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars, man. I mean, that might not be popular. I, I mean, I grew up with both, uh, especially in like the mid late nineties. I was crazy into both, but I fell out of the MCU quick. Like really? I, I stopped watching all the movies before Avengers was over, but Avengers Endgame was the last Marvel movie that I watched. And it's not through any fault of theirs or my own. It's just like, I'm just way more interested in Star Wars. Every Star Wars show, I don't complain about any of them. I love all of them. Uh, I know people give a shit to like Boba Fett and stuff like that. I don't mm-hmm. care. Make a million seasons of it. I'll watch every second. <laughs> I feel like that's how I am with the MCU because I've been I've been on this boat since right after Iron Man and Hulk came out. Like I didn't go see, yeah. see them in the theaters. Like when they hit Blu-ray, I watched them, and then I was like, "Oh, cool! Like I'm in on this." And I've been watching. I think I've seen all of the, every MCU movie in the theater except for Ant Man, and that's just because I, at that point in my life, I wasn't able to make it to. Right. Uh, a theater at that point to go which which sucked because I, I really wanted to go see it but other than that all in the theater I watch all the shows love the shows and I'm like I know there's there's people out there like oh I'm getting you know superhero fatigue and I'm like you know what I get that but for, yeah. but for me it's like I'm just I'm just continuing with the story and that's one thing that I thoroughly enjoy about it and I've never really been big into Star Wars like I'm I've often called myself like that like real casual type of uh star wars person kind of like when uh you're someone's really into sports and like they're sniffing out there and a lot of times it'd be the wife like they, they, they know like certain things they can watch the games but like they're not like real diehard that's kind of like me i've watched yeah. i've been like that with the movies they didn't really get into the shows but like I've, I've watched all the movies at least once some more especially like the i know i've seen the original trilogy a handful of times but I'd well, ne- i've never uh, been yeah. like diehard I think the Marvel stuff is purposely made to be broader. I know they're trying that with Star Wars, but you can hop into Marvel at any age. The thing about Star Wars is my wife has seen all of the, my wife, she has seen (laughs) all of the, (laughs) 20 years later, I'm still doing Borat, um, uh, all of the new Star Wars stuff, but I refuse, I mean, not that I let her, but I mean, like, she was like, hey, should we watch the original ones? I was like, no. Like you, you should not watch the prequels. You should not watch the originals because you are a 40 year old woman and you <laughs> like, you have to watch that when you're 11 or it's dog shit. And I'm not saying they're bad movies. I'm just saying like, if you don't have that nine year old nostalgia for like mm-hmm. star Wars or whatever, th- then it's like, what the fuck is this movie? <laughs> uh, question number three. And this is also kind of links. Cause you're, you're in Chicago. But uh, how do you feel about ketchup on hot dogs? I'm fine with it. I, it's not my choice. It's not my go-to necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know that the whole deal here is like the, the you know, a Wrigley dog with mustard or whatever. 
listen, not a mustard fan, dude. Like, I'm not. It's not mm. for everybody. I think ketchup is fine. I I probably put ketchup on more things than than I'd care to admit. But <laughs> for me, as far as hot dogs go, I like any place that has like any kind of like sauce or whatever it's called, like that chili type sauce or whatever. Anything that's like special, they want to toss some relish on there. That's fine. But just mm. like just mustard. Are you are you high? Like that's unbelievably weird to me. <laughs> yeah. There's people out there that love mustard, and I'm like, mm, I can eat it on things, but there has to be like another condiment. I don't care what it is; like, it has to be something. Exact, exactly the same. It's if it's in something or it's in Congress with something else. Okay, I could well be fine. But if it's just like here's your here's your fries and here's your mustard, what? <laughs> I, I always have fun with people from Chicago when, you know, obviously they, they're, they're so anti-ketchup, but I'm just like, yeah, in my area, there's a place that actually puts Fruit Loops on a hot dog, and they're just like, what? <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? And I'm talking about, for those who don't know, Happy Dog, which was right by Mount Carmel, and it's just like, yeah, like they, like their big signature thing is Fruit Loops on a hot dog. Like, is that, is that better for you? Or is that too much? I say, I say, live your life. I say, yeah. go for it. If you want to have Fruit Loops and mustard, whatever you want. I never, I never tried Happy Dog, but I, I do want to try that at least once because that that. I feel like I'd try a bite of it. I, I feel like if I bought a whole one, I'd feel like an idiot because I'd probably be like, yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> All right, question number four: uh, best physical portrayal of the Joker. Oh, I mean, I guess if you're just looking at like, what's the most epic feeling, like what's the most uh, uh, iconic, I suppose, like if you're taking the long lens of history, a hundred years from now, when they look back at Batman, if they look back at Batman, what would it be? I mean, I I think it's hard not to say Heath Ledger. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's probably about as perfect as like that type, that type of joker gets but um for me as a kid you know jack nicholson and and and, um cesar romero were were always the joker for me but uh again that they're more the goofy style so i think the joker for i've always it's it's, again it's kind of why i fell off of marvel a little bit just because i've always liked the comics Mm -hmm. and i feel like the movies became a little action movie and less com and not really comic book they they hit it for a little while and then they kind of lost me it's the same with uh, some of the Batman stuff where it's like Heath Ledger to me is like the, 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 the Joker from the comics. Yeah. Did you see uh, the Batman? Yeah. What did you think about that? I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Cause it's, I really it, liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it felt like this just different style for Batman. Like they uh-huh. finally dived in more like Batman's a really good detective and we don't really yeah. highlight it as much. I don't know when trilogy did, but like we're gonna like amp it up and like say like this is like some early uh batman not this season well, veteran. that's what i used to buy that's what i when i was a kid uh i used to get detective comics all the time i've been big always been a big big batman fan but uh detective comics i liked a little better because they focused more on him being like that detective which is the batman that i like the best but for my money though i know this wasn't the question michael keaton's my batman sorry (laughs) i i kind of stick with the nolan trilogy of like joker and uh christian bale but like i don't i can't really ever knock 
uh, Heath, not Heath Ledger, but um, Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton. Like those are yeah. very iconic. I think Batman Returns is one of the best movies ever made. It's it's a it's like when people talk about perfect movies movies like they always use princess bride and stuff like that i think if you sat and analyze batman returns you'd see it's a perfect it's a perfect hero story i'm gonna say it's an underrated sequel oh for sure like the original batman or batman 1989 as it's been called now like there's a lot like that's really great about that even the fact of freaking the the soundtrack is all prince like like it's like a, it's a Prince album, free. yeah. Like <laughs> I I finally picked up a physical copy of that album not too long ago. Like that is like really cool, and like there's a lot of it that's iconic. And I think because that movie is so so great that a lot of people do look past Batman Returns. But really, like Batman Returns is at minimum on the at least the same level. It's just I mean for it to pull off two villains, yeah, in a movie which has been proven to be uh done successfully after that but also done very unsuccessfully after that to perfectly pull off two villains is just amazing you know a lot of people hate on batman and robin but i there's a lens that someone i can't remember exactly who it might have been bj colangelo or my i can't exactly remember but basically saying batman and robin is more of uh, a homage to the 60s series Sure. And if you look, that. you look at it from that, it's like, oh, okay, like that actually makes that movie like better than I originally thought. Is it better than the first two? No, but like it, it puts it in a, like a way better light. And I'll always say to uh, Val, not Val Kilmer, uh, George Clooney is an underrated Bruce Wayne. Oh, sure, he's great. I mean, he, he was a better Bruce Wayne than Batman. You yes. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like some of the actors are better at one, one part of the role than the other. Like I think George Clooney was a good Batman, but not a great Bruce Wayne. Yeah. All right. Question number five, Step Brothers or Talladega Nights? Oh, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't watched any of the, either one of those in a long time. I think if right now, if i like, if I went to a cabin with my family and I'm like, there's no cable and there's no TV and no, no internet. And they're like, okay, there's a DVD player and a TV and there's two DVDs and one is Step Brothers and one is Talladega Nights. Which one do you want to watch? I think I'd say Step Brothers. Just that's my, that's my instinct. I don't know that I have a good reason for that, but that's the one I would be like, fine, let's watch Step Brothers. I mean, every, <laughs> this is one of those questions that everybody has their own reasoning behind it. Like for me, I like, I, I enjoy both, but I go with Talladega Nights came first. So that felt, it felt a little bit more fresh, but also just like adding that comedy into the NASCAR world sure. just bumps it up a little bit more for me. But like both are, are very good. Both are hilarious. And I, I would never fault anybody for saying Step Brothers. Like they're, they're both really good. Well, there's good actors in both like Gary Cole is in Talladega Nights, but what's his name who plays the dad and Step Brothers is brilliant as well. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was even like really thinking about a lot of sporting players, but yeah, like there's just, they're, and they're both like highly quotable. Like yeah. Everybody, everybody has their favorite line from both or favorite lines from both. Just don't put in Anchorman 2. I think that might have been the worst <laughs> movie I ever saw in the theaters. <laughs> really? Okay. And I saw I saw the Halle Berry Catwoman in theaters, and I still think it was better than Anchorman 2. The worst movies I've ever seen in the theater. 
It is, and I say this because I, they're the only two movies I ever fell asleep during, uh, Rango and <laughs> uh, The Green Lantern. I I haven't seen Green Lantern, but I did fall asleep during The Manchurian Candidate when I took a girl on a date and she didn't go back out with me again because she was. I woke up, I fell asleep, and it really probably didn't have much to do with the movie. I was just tired probably from working, but uh, I woke up. And she was just staring at me with her arms crossed like she was like cartoon. We were like 18. And she's like staring at me like the like the the the, the lock horns or whatever, <laughs> like the Sunday cartoon strips. And she never called she wouldn't she didn't answer my text ever again. <laughs> yeah, the uh, those for those for me, I think it was like my sleep not my sleep schedule, my work schedule at the time, which affected my sleep schedule because I was working twelves and it was six at night to six in the morning and do the regular like two on two off three on whatever like that whole thing for two weeks and it would be like i would wake up and me and my ex would like go to the movies and like those were two of the movies that we watch movies for but i swear a we watched more than those two and i didn't have an issue and i've never had a like that feeling of like i should really go back and rewatch green lantern I, i i feel like i'm missing something i'm like no, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number six that I always tailor around my guests. I want to know who your Mount Rushmore of SNL character, uh, not characters, uh, actors are. Uh, I've never thought about this before, so I'm going to have to think out loud a little bit. Um, Norm MacDonald is number one for sure. I mean, in no okay. particular order, but Norm MacDonald's on there. No doubt. I know his run on SNL wasn't the longest, and he mostly just did Weekend Update. I know he did, you know, obviously a few other famous sketches, but uh, like Jeopardy and stuff like that. But when SNL, I was the perfect age, maybe a little young, just a little young, but I was just about the perfect age in the late 90s, mid 90s, whatever, when SNL got really popular. And it was Will Ferrell and <clears throat> Chris Kattan and everything. Uh, and I was a, probably just a shade too young to really, I mean, not that I didn't get the sketches, but like they just didn't appeal to me as much as they would a few years later. Mm-hmm. But I was always excited for weekend update with Norm. And when he left and it was Colin mockery, uh, no offense to Colin. I was just like devastated. Norm McDonald to me is just my favorite SNL cast member um, ever. Uh I mean, my my uh, my SNL time period is from that late '90s era, and then reruns from the early '90s that were on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of oh, Chris Farley, that's another one. Uh, just uh, a total force, man. Just amazing. Um, not Rob Schneider. I don't know why you popped in my head. <laughs> uh, Norm Macdonald, Chris Farley. Uh, again, I think people are going to be pissed about this one or anyone who cares what my opinion is. I think David Spade is up there for me. Like, mm-hmm. again, you can tell the period that I watched. Uh, let me see if he makes the final cut here in my brain. I think I have to include, even though I don't always love everything he does, I think I have to include Will Ferrell on there. So I got Norm, Chris Farley, Will Ferrell. Uh, let me think here. Oh, what the hell am I thinking? Cecily Strong. She's brilliant. Um, All right. So, uh, sorry, I'm reshuffling the deck here a little bit. So, Norm, Chris Farley, Cecily Strong, 
Uh, I'm trying to think of a more modern-ish era person. Oh, probably Bill Hader. There you go. There it is. There's the four. That's perfect. We overlap on three. We overlap. All on, right. Yeah. Farley's my number one. Like, I I grew up idolizing Farley. Like, I know I always have to, like, preface, yeah. especially when I was in school. I'm like, he's my comedic idol. Like, not the drug yeah. aspect of him. Like, what he did on SNL when I was in high school I tried to do the same thing in drama club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Falling through tables and shit. <laughs> oh, like seriously. Like if I found like a way to fall down, like I would do it. Yeah. Or we I mean, did- he's still a legend here in Chicago. His pictures all over second city, uh, mm-hmm. even in the back. I mean, he's just like, he's still, he's still an absolute legend here. Love. And, like, the funny thing about him. And it's, it's ironic when you know the truth because of Chris Farley on SNL, Outside of being a Browns fan, I am a Bears fan. There you go. If you know anything about Chris Farley in real life, he was a Packers fan. So, yeah, I found that out later in life, and I was like, oh well, too late. Uh, so yeah, Farley- it's sad. It's sad that it's not five because I would put Phil Hartman on there too. But oh, I think yeah. I feel I feel good about my 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 picks. Uh, Bill Hader, another one we overlap on. Like that dude is one of the best impressionists ever he's a chameleon yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible i mean it's absolutely incredible i'm not going to say that i love every sketch he's ever been in but just his just his the breadth of what he's able to do is unbelievable mm-hmm. and he didn't always do like like some of his impressions weren't always up like modern like the fact that yeah. in the 2000s or you know whenever his exact run was he was doing alan alda like <laughs> who how many people like around my age knew who alan alda was like i mean i only know him from mash but right. still like when i hear the when i hear the impression I'm like oh that's that's really good like th- that's really sounds like him uh the last one we overlap on is cecily strong i think she's amazing oh my like i fell in love with her when she did the girl at the party you don't want to start a conversation with <laughs> yeah uh, and I actually kind of got upset when they moved her to weekend update full time. Cause like, well, now I'm not going to see that character anymore. Like that gets thrown out the window, but it was though. Yeah. St- everything they did with it was hilarious. Even, even go back to uh, uh two weekend update with Bill Hader and Stefan. Like the first time I saw that, I'm like, this is great. And every time yeah, they would bring it back, like it was, it was so good. And then they found other ways to like incorporate other things. Like for example, uh, just when uh, when uh, Seth Meyers was gone, there was always these like these lines that uh, Bill Hader would have towards those of the whoever filled in, especially one like he would always hiss at Cecily Strong. Or at least one, <laughs> yeah. one time he did like, oh, just so good. But even going back to Cecily, like she is, I felt like she's so underrated. I agree. And that's honestly, and I'm not even trying to make this one of those type conversations, uh, but it's because she's a woman. I mean, that's literally it. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, as someone I've worked extensively in comedy for a long time, but most especially the last like four years or plus four or five years, it's, I mean, some of the most brilliant people I've ever met here in Chicago or that came out of Chicago have been women and they're almost never referenced. And, you know, and mm-hmm. it, that, that's why. Before I get to my last one, I'll say, I'll say the honorable mention, and it's, it's a woman, is uh, Kate McKinnon. Like, oh my God, yes, you're right. Holy shit. She's another one that 
she could she could do anything and like when she would like she did the ellen stuff for a while like that was so spot on <laughs> yeah. um a lot of people hate on the movie but i'm like i i'm a huge fan of the franchise and i don't hate it but uh her and ghostbusters like her and leslie jones together like yeah made me fall in love and i'll openly say like i was never huge uh leslie jones fan and it wasn't anything against her like for me it she was the female tracy morgan yeah i think it's a good way to qualify it like yeah. i don't think tracy morgan for everybody either i think tracy morgan was brilliant oh yeah well i mean yeah I, I could see how people wouldn't think that he was funny i mean i like i like tracy morgan but the it was like she was just kind of being that to me well like it just, it just sure. maybe didn't seem as fresh or whatever but when i saw the ghostbusters movie and like any part that was kate mckinnon and leslie jones going back and forth it was hilarious because they were like these two completely different characters interacting with each other and they they were just oh it was just so great um, you know who's another one who should be up there in the conversation mia rudolph mm, yes she's phenomenal phenomenal i think my last one would uh i kind of want to go david spade i like that david spade had uh he had his his own like knockoff weekend update that like spade sure. in america and like that was just as funny well like why i like spade is the same reason uh, you know jerry seinfeld was endearing on seinfeld because david wasn't the best actor but like that's what made it funny he, it's like it's almost like he was uh he, he was a very good straight straight man and and, and still like with farley because it's mm, just like he's yes. not the strongest like character actor so he got to be like a grounded uh because it's hard to be i i'm a, I'm, a, I'm a straight man and i, I if, if you put me in a in a sketch i'm that's probably the best spot for me because it's very very uh it just comes a little naturally to me but it's very difficult to be a straight man who's also funny and david spade was a, was a straight you know like a straight man who who was actually also really really hilarious mm -hmm. and I, I don't care what a lot of people say like i know that black sheep kind of was i love uh, it, it was, i would say it's a lesser tommy boy which i love the tommy boys in my top five movies of all time but that, i feel the same way about star wars i wish they would have made 10 tommy boys like i don't care yeah. i love it like, black, black sheep was still <laughs> is still fun it still has like things that i love like just anything like vote for donley like <laughs> I still crack up about, <laughs> yeah. uh, or the headbutt. With Another the underrated packet. one is uh, almost almost heroes or yeah. almost yeah yeah almost, almost, yeah almost heroes. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched that one. I I have to revisit that one in Beverly Hills Ninja because I haven't watched those in a long time. I was more of a Tommy Boy and uh, Black Sheep fan. But I just said not. I wasn't. I was against the other two. It's just I know I owned. I had. Tommy Boy on VHS, and I think I've seen Black Sheep enough on like HBO. Yep, same. I had the same. All right, yeah, we 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 went way longer than I expected. But uh, any final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? No, I guess that was the, the six out of five. That was the Shucky Ducky. I guess. Uh, yeah. I guess we we did it. We made it. Yeah. Um. You know, if you made it this far in the podcast, congrats. Uh, we talked for a long time this is what always happens to me i just talk to people for a long long time but um yeah not gonna put too fine of a point on it i feel like uh, i know you're you're on your own journey but i feel like we'll be back here again someday and we'll have to talk some more you want to throw out your social media for those who don't know at the magnum ck on twitter 
it while it still is around. And on Instagram, I am at cult of personality with an A, not with an E like Pepsi Phil cult of <laughs> personality. Um, I don't really, I mean, I share shows and I share, you know, ticket links and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes I get bored and share some, some, some silly things on Twitter, but Instagram is usually a little more about my actual life from time to time. Uh, but yeah, I don't have a lot to plug other than old wrestling, AIW, you know, the usual places I'm starting up with rise wrestling again and out side of pittsburgh we got all kinds of stuff we're cooking um but yeah just uh watch eddie kingston win uh, the g1 that's that's what i'm hoping for and also uh i didn't realize that uh eddie kingston did commentary on your retirement match or matches yeah, yeah. eddie eddie i i i don't want anyone to remind him but i want through Eddie out of a battle out of a gauntlet uh, battle <laughs> royal so I've thrown out the NJPW strong champion before so who's the real champion uh, and I love Eddie to death uh, I hope our paths cross again he's one of the greatest most genuine most passionate people he is the Terry Funk and Mick Foley of the 21st century and he is he is getting exactly what he has earned and i'm so happy to see it i was i was it was 3 a.m here or 2 a.m in chicago and i was watching him beat shingo and i was fucking losing it i was so happy i actually might well i'm gonna put that on again now that you said that i'm gonna watch my buddy eddie beat shingo again uh but you know there are lots of people who are getting what they deserve right now i would say you know max has worked his ass off and to see him on top in AEW, Adam Cole, another, he's a wonderful guy, worked his ass off, seeing him on top is great. Dan Housen, all these people. I mean, there's so many people that, you know, came to AEW or lower mainstays or that I know from, from IWC in Pittsburgh or whatever. There's people that I know who are getting what they've earned. And Eddie is the one that's like, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but Eddie's a Eddie's a mutt. You know what I mean? He's, mm-hmm. he's a mutt dog, and I, I just love it when a, when underdog just just kicks ass, and he he deserves it. I love him. <clears throat> and of course, you can find myself at J Summers three three zero on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Hive, and Threads. Much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening to this fine podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. All those links can be found in the leak tree in our show notes. But I'll be honest, with the show ending soon, does it really matter? I don't know, but that's just me. But you can check out our other podcast friends, such as Hiya Pussy, a wrestling adjacent podcast, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Gay Marks Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Power Driver Podcast, Fully Posable, Positively Pro Wrestling, Indie Wrestling Guide, If You Catch My Grift, Marks with Mics, Juggalo Rewind, 20 by 20 Rewind, X over and this ends at prom. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as the Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventure, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, and connected to that Danger Zone video in Juliet, Tennessee, ran by our friend Righteous Jesse, Heart of Gold, 
Toy Hayao Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Smoke and Jace Barbecue, 20 by 20 Apparel, JCP Designs, Midwest Territory, if it still exists, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, and we're at wrestling, and so can you. Later. <laughs> It's the wrestling cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back Other shows are in the trash Kinda like they Nick Stapp Like the name is Matt Justice Wearing all the gold Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close The number one podcast going in the game And one day everybody's gonna know the name It's the Wrestling Cheers This is Platinum Max Signing off Ohio Good night The world Good night We love you We'll see you next week